Welcome. Will you stand with us? We're going to sing about the only name that matters. Yours will be 
Amen. Amen. Good morning, Kavanaugh Church family. How's everyone doing? Good. There is one name above all names, and that name is Jesus. He is the one that changed our lives for the better. Amen. It's the one name that we still cling to in our faith. Amen. And it's the one that's currently sitting on a throne right now, loving us and adoring us for who we are. We are called His own. We're so thankful for that. And uh, I'm so thankful for what this season means, uh, this time of year, what we're celebrating, Him coming to redeem us as His own. And I'm so thankful for that. And thankful that you're here in the Lord's house today to be able to celebrate Christmas time and what it means for it to mean God with us. So it's awesome that you're with us this morning. We've been praying for you all week, and we know that God has something incredible in store for us. He, did, he met us in first service. It was amazing. And uh, he's back there with our kids right now, and he's in here with us. So I hope you continue to worship and celebrate that one name this morning. If you're a first-time guest here, thank you so much for being here with us at Christmas time. Um, we love our church, and we love everything that goes on here, and we want to make sure that you know all about it. So in the chair back in front of you, if you could fill out that Connect card, um, and then right after service, go out these back doors. There's a Connect stand there. Um, if you could, uh, turn that in there. We have a little gift for you, but then we can also, we also want to be able to tell you about our church where you and your family could plug in at. All right? It's great seeing you guys. I, I am seeing that. That is the best suit I've ever seen in my life right there. Look at that. It's like a full-on Christmas suit. That's amazing. Thank you for representing Christmas in the best way possible this morning. Awesome. And uh, making it halfway through my welcome. All right, invite everyone of you to stand up right now. Um, we're going to ask God's anointing on our services today. And you have an amazing beard. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for allowing us to come back together into this place, our church, God. We love you, and thank you so much for sending your son and redeeming us as your own. Uh, Lord, just be with us as we uh, hear the word spoken and preached to us today. Be with our pastor. Um, again, we thank you so much for the time that you've had with him this week. Continue to heal him with his eye and uh, um, help him to get through this time. Uh, but we love you, and uh, thank you so much for gathering us together today. In your name, amen. Greet those around you, and we'll get started in a couple moments.
y'all know what that means? Ah, you don't even know what you're singing. It means glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. And we have come this morning to exalt the name, the name that is above every name, and to praise him this morning. So please worship with us as we sing about the wonderful, the powerful, and the blessed name of Jesus.
exalt you in this place. All glory, honor, praise to you, the one who sits on the throne forever and ever. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you have created all things and for your pleasure they are and were created. So in this house, in this place today, we put everything aside and we worship you. We praise you, the one who came near God with us. Emmanuel, we praise you today. And all God's people said, amen, and praise him. Thank you. You may be seated. Amen, amen. Give the praise team another big hand. Appreciate them. I'm glad that you're here today. Uh, let, me just, let me just give you a word. Um, Monday I went in for eye surgery, and uh, he took my eyeball out, laid it on the table, drove a tube in it, and stuck it back in my head. Not really, but it felt like that, all right? He did, he did put a tube in my eyeball. I, I thought I would be a whole lot better than I am right now, but let me tell you, after preaching that first service, my, my eye is very angry with me right now. And, uh, and, and so I'm, I'm a, I'm a little, little bit struggling this morning, so I would appreciate your prayers. And, and I hope that we can, we can overlook my infirmity and focus our eyes on Jesus today. Because I do believe that if you lift up Jesus and he is exalted, he is going to draw all men, women, boys, and girls to himself. And I pray that today Jesus would be exalted. I'm preaching a series of sermons the month of December from the book of Isaiah. It's entitled From Heaven to Earth. And today we're going to talk about God with us. The book of Isaiah is filled with predictive prophecies about the birth and the substitutionary death of God's son, Jesus. It's been called the fifth gospel because it contains so much good news and it is except the book of Psalms. Thank you for coming back on microphone. <laughs> Isaiah ministered in the Middle East during a really difficult time. 
Terrorists from Assyria were attacking and beheading people. Fear gripped everyone, and Isaiah dared to believe that something better was coming, even though his culture was corrupt and everything around him seemed so dark. Hey, wait a minute. Doesn't that sound like our world today? So in Isaiah 64, 1, we hear Isaiah longing for the Lord to somehow come down into his world and make sense out of all the nonsense, to bring peace to all the problems, to dispel the darkness, and to eradicate evil. And so our theme verse for this series is right here in 64, 1. Oh, that you would tear the heavens open and come down. And you know what he did? <laughs> that, that brings us to our verse for today, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. That prophecy literally had a dual fulfillment. It was fulfilled during the days of Isaiah, but its ultimate fulfillment came in the New Testament. We read that same verse in Matthew chapter 1, verse 22. It says, so all this was done that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet through the Lord, saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And so today, today I want you to discover that Jesus Christ is found all through this Bible. He's everywhere. And he is even in this room with you today. He is with us to help us with the struggles and the problems we are facing. How do I know that? Because he was given the name Emmanuel, which means God with us. There are many names that are given to the second person of the Trinity in the Bible, and these names tell us what God had in mind when he sent his only begotten son. Last week, we discovered in Isaiah chapter 9 that his name is Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, Joseph is told, And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name, for he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus comes from the Hebrew name Joshua. It literally means Jehovah is salvation. And that is exactly what Jesus came to accomplish. He came to save his people from their sins. And that is something that God is up to in the life of every human being. Jesus came to save us from our sins. The good news for you today is that Jesus came to save you from your sins. But then in Matthew 1.23, we see this other name the name that was given to the Christ. It is the name Emmanuel. It goes all the way back to our prophecy found in the book of Isaiah, a prophecy that was ultimately fulfilled in the coming of Christ. 
And so here is something else that God is up to in the life of every human being. It's the fact that God wants to be with you. That God wants to be near you. In fact, God created you to have a relationship with himself. That's why he came near in the incarnation. At the incarnation, God became a man. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was born to a virgin whose name was Mary. And that's what the gospel is telling us. Matthew 1, 22 and 23 again. So all of this was done. Everything since the beginning of time was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and she shall bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. That was the promise at Jesus' coming. And then there was a promise when 33 years later, Jesus departed from this earth to return to the right hand of the Father. Here's what Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 28, verse 20. And surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And you know what? One day when God has closed the curtain on history and he has made all things new in his kingdom, And as the redeemed of God, we stand before him in the glory of heaven. This is what Revelation 21.3 says. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them, and he will be their God. It was prophesied before he came. God is going to be near you. When he left this earth, he gave the promise, I am going to be with you. And in heaven, we know that he is with us always, always. So the point is, God is with you. God is near. And not just when you're fun to be around. He's with us all the time. You know, as humans, we tend not to want to be around certain people at certain times. Sometimes you see people coming and you run out the back door. But that's not the way God is. He's near. And he wants us to count on it all the time. He wants us to understand that when things are going great in our life, he's right there with us. When things are not going so great, he's right there with us. When you feel good, he's with you. When you don't feel so good, he's with you. Specifically today, I want you to see how God is near us in our struggles, in our battles, in our times of peril. You may be facing a battle right now. You may be facing a struggle today. You may be battling cancer. You may be facing a battle with depression, a battle with loneliness, a a battle with bitterness. You might be in full battle with your family, with your wife, with your kids, with your parents, whatever it is. You might be facing a fight today. Nothing reassures us more in the midst of our struggles than the knowledge of God's presence with us in Jesus Christ. 
That is a fact. In fact, there's two things I want you to see this morning. First is the fact of his presence in my struggles. You need to know that when you fight battles, you are not fighting those battles alone. When you face a struggle, you are not facing struggles alone. He is with you. He is going to be with you. No matter what you face, no matter what battle you fight, you're not fighting those battles alone. God has promised to be with you in the battles that you fight. As a matter of fact, this is the message behind the original Emmanuel prophecy. Jesus' virgin birth was predicted by God through the prophet Isaiah. Remember we just read Matthew 1.22. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. So you need to see the connection between the original setting of the prophecy in Isaiah 7.14 and then the perfect fulfillment of that prophecy in Matthew 1.23. It was a time of struggle and battle for the people of God in the Old Testament and the New Testament. So let me take you back to Isaiah chapter 7. And here is the scene that we see playing before us. It is the reign of King Ahaz in Judah. He is most likely the wicked, most wicked king that Israel and Judah had ever had governing over the people of God. He filled Jerusalem with pagan idols. He reinstated the worship of the god Molech, who was a wicked god. In fact, this king actually sacrificed his own son in fire to the god of Molech. Judah became under attack from two evil powers. Instead of turning to God for help, Ahaz, this wicked king, secretly surrendered his kingdom and his people to the evil king of Assyria. At that time, God sent Isaiah to confront King Ahaz for his foolishness in seeking security in Assyria rather than in the God of Israel. And Isaiah told him that God said these enemies would not prevail against Judah. He said, don't trust Assyria. Instead, you need to be trusting God Almighty. Well, Ahaz ignored Isaiah and taking steps to deepen the relationship with and the dependence upon the king of Assyria. He, he went so far as to take the sacred objects that were in the temple and send them to the king of Assyria. So Isaiah came back a second time to confront Ahaz and to prophesy that God would deliver his people from the attacking kings. But again, Ahaz refused to listen. Then Isaiah, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, spoke verse 14 of chapter 7. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Ahaz, you've not wanted a sign from God. Well, guess what? God's going to go ahead and give you one anyway. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you will call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah prophesied about a child to be born, his name Emmanuel, who in some way would relate to the nation's deliverance. Now, again, as I said earlier, there is a dual fulfillment to this prophecy. The first fulfillment came right there in the days 
of King Ahaz and Isaiah. All you have to do is go to the next chapter, chapter 8, verse 10. Here's what the prophet said. Devise your strategy, but it will be thwarted. Propose your plan, but it will not stand. Why? Because God is with us. You see, the prophecy meant that no one could destroy the people or the purposes of God. These invading kings would not overthrow the eternal plans that God had for his people. God intended to preserve his people and the royal line of David. God would be with them in their battles. They did not have to trust the arm of the flesh. They needed to be trusting in God himself. And then centuries later, the Holy Spirit led Matthew to quote Isaiah 7, 14 as a statement that would be true for the virgin birth of God's Son. This is the first of many prophecies that Isaiah spoke about the Messiah. The birth of Jesus Christ signaled God's desire and God's design to be with us, to be with us in our struggles. These people were struggling. Their nation was falling apart. They were losing their faith in God. But God promised, you know what? I'm with you. As you face these battles, you're not facing them alone. I am with you. Guys, this is a fact that we need to get in our heads today. God is with us. When I played football, one of my coaches, was, he was pretty hard on us boys. He said, you need, you need to get this through your thick skulls. <laughs> and today we need to get it through our thick skulls that God is with us. But there's something else here. Promise number two is the force of his presence in our struggles. It's one thing to know in my mind that God is with me. It's quite another thing to experience that power, that force the reality of God with me surging through my life and counting on it every day that I live. God personally stepped into the human experience when Jesus was born in Bethlehem's manger to a virgin named Mary. That was real. And you need to know that God's presence is real today. Jesus only lived on earth for 33 years. But after he died, he was raised back to life. He ascended back to the Father's right hand. And at that moment, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to be with you and to be with me. So the presence of Jesus is as real in this room today as it would have been 2,000 years ago had he been standing here in person. That is amazing. And that reality gives power to our lives as we count on it day by day. There's an illustration of this given in the Old Testament. And God's preparing his people for the promised land. He knew that they would face enemy after enemy. He knew they would be involved in battle after battle. So he gave them this encouraging promise in Deuteronomy chapter 20. Check it out. Verse 1, when you go to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army that is greater than yours, do not be afraid of them because the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt is going to be with you. 
When you're about to go into battle, the priest will come before you and address the army. He shall say, Hear, O Israel, today you are going into battle against your enemies. Do not be faint-hearted or afraid. Do not be terrified or give way to panic before them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies and to give you victory. Now, let me show you in very practical terms what this means. Here's what it means. I have courage to face my battles because I know he's with me. This promise was made before the battle to assume that that whatever the enemy and whoever the enemy, God was going to be with them. Just like he had been with them in the past, he was going to be with them in the present. Again, I want to read verses 1 and 3 to you. Let this soak in. When you go to war against your enemies and you see horses and chariots and an army that is bigger than yours and greater than yours, don't be afraid of them because the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt will be with you. And the priest will say, here, O Israel, today you are going to battle against your enemies. Do not be faint-hearted or afraid. Do not be terrified or give way to panic before them. So here is the force of the Emmanuel, God with us. It, it brings this, this confidence, this courage into my life. When I face the battles of life, I can have courage because I'm not fighting them alone. I can have courage because the God of heaven is with me. I can have faith and courage because the God who spoke and the worlds came into existence is with me. Wow. This is a promise that runs all the way through the Bible. In fact, listen to Isaiah 41.10. It says, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Then what about this promise in Acts chapter 18, verse 9? One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. He said, do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. Here's the promise. For I am with you. I am with you. Nobody is going to attack you and harm you because I have many people in this city. Guys, let me tell you, I have courage because I know that God is with me. But, but there's more to this force, this power that brings to my life in the midst of struggles. Not only can I have courage, I can have confidence. Confidence because he's with me. Look at verse 4 of Deuteronomy 20. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. What else do you need, man? I mean, really, what else do you need? If God is for you, who can be against you? The night Angie and I just happened to see a, a show about Bart Starr. Anybody remember Bart Starr, the great quarterback? Man, he was awesome. The thing I didn't like about Bart Starr is because they beat the, the Cowboys in the ice bowl. 
back in the late 60s. It, it, it talked about that. But he was an amazing man. I mean, his story is absolutely incredible. The, the, the problems he had and the difficulties he faced and the battles he fought all the way through life just to play football and then make the NFL and then to be able to start in the NFL. But in Green Bay, when he got his break and when he went on the field, those who played with him said, it was amazing. When he stepped into that huddle, he had confidence. He wasn't cocky. He was confident. And, and, and that rang true in my mind when I heard it because that's the way we ought to be. We're not cocky. We're not like a little bean chicken walking around thinking we're something. We're not cocky, we're confident. We're not confident in our own abilities. We're confident that God is with us. He's done it in the past, He's done it for others, He's even done it for me. He fights for me, and He gives us victory. That's awesome. So today, you need to discover Emmanuel. God is with us. Dallas Willard, in his book, Hearing God, tells a story of a little boy whose mother tragically passed away. And this little kid had a really hard time dealing with the loss of his mama. It really hit him at nighttime when he went to bed. He couldn't sleep. And so every, every night after his dad put him in his own bed, he would march himself into his dad's room and say, Dad, can I sleep with you? And sure enough, Dad would let him in the bed with him. And after they got settled, every single night, the little boy said the same thing to his dad. Dad, is your face towards me? He, he, even though he was in bed with his dad, he still couldn't sleep until he knew that his dad's face was towards him. And his dad would say, yes, son, my face is toward you. And with that, he could fall asleep. I think deep down inside, all of us need to know that God's face is toward us. He's with us today. He's in this room. He sees you. He knows you. He's near. But that's not all. He wants to be in you. He wants to be your salvation and your hope. He can be your ticket into heaven. Will you receive him today as Emmanuel? God in me, it takes faith to do that. A simple childlike faith. You've got to believe that Jesus is God's son. He was born in Bethlehem, but he grew up into a man and he died on a tree. And his blood can wash away your sins. Will you believe in Jesus today? He was buried in a tomb, but three days later, he rose out of that tomb. And today, he is at the right hand of the Father. 
and he is your entrance into heaven if you believe. Emmanuel, God with us. For the rest of us who are Christians, stop trying to fight those battles on your own. Gather up all your problems, all your fights, all your failures, and bring them to the altar and give them to the God who sees and knows and is with you. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd give us victory today. Help us to trust you. Help us to know God, Emmanuel, that you're with us. That's a fact that we need in our head, but it's a force that we need to live by every day. That you give us courage and confidence because you are with us. Dear Lord, for the one in this room that needs to be saved, I pray that today they would come and invite Jesus into their heart. For those who just need to come and deposit their problems at the altar and trust the God who is with us, may they do so today. For those who just need to come and give thanks, may we have the privilege of doing that. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to ask that you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed. Praise teams are going to sing. Altars are open. I invite you to come and use them today as we cry out to Emmanuel. Thank you, Jesus, for being with us today. Thank you for being wonderful counselor.
mighty God, everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. Thank you for being Jesus, Savior of the world. Thank you for being Emmanuel, God with us. And help us to leave this room today with courage and confidence, knowing that no matter what we face this day and throughout every day of this week, that you're with us and that you're going to fight our battles and that you're going to give us victory. Thank you for our church and everyone here. I pray, dear Lord, that you'd be with those who are not here today. Give them strength and healing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Thanks again for being here. As you leave, if you're a member of Kavanaugh, drop your offering in one of those black boxes. If you're a guest, please fill out one of those Connect cards and take it to our Connect counter. This Wednesday night, our kids are going to be on this stage presenting a, a Christmas program. I can't wait. I actually saw them practicing a little bit yesterday. It is fantastic. You're going to be impressed and amazed and entertained on Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. On Friday, our Kavanaugh Children's Center is going to have their Christmas program. It's at 6 o'clock, so come back for that if you can. Let me say a word about next Sunday. We're only going to have one morning service, and that is at 10 o'clock. It's going to start promptly at 10. So we're inviting you to come at 9.30. We're going to have cookies. Angie and I will be up all night the night before baking these cookies. Cookie and coffee, you can have your picture made out there in front of the beautiful trees, but we want you here early. Why? Because we start at what time? 10 o'clock. Usually, I'm not griping or complaining or getting on to anybody, but when this service starts at 1030, there's only a few people in here, and then y'all migrate in. Don't let that happen next Sunday. Be here promptly at 10. Why? Because if you have kids and grandkids, they need to have already been checked in early at Kids Check because Brother Johnny's going to bring all those kids out here before 10 o'clock and they're going to start our worship service. So you need your kids here early. You need to be here. One service, 10 o'clock, and then we're going to come back at 4 in the afternoon to have a candlelight service. It's going to be a wonderful day as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. 2024 We Worship schedules can be picked up in our We Worship uh, Center countertop over there. So go pick one of those up. I hope you have a great day and a wonderful week. And I can't wait to see you Wednesday night and Sunday morning. God bless you. Get out of here. <laughs>